0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Matthew chapter 6. standing if you're able to. Hallelujah. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Brother Wyatt is coming on staff to go help in Florida. And so we're like an aircraft carrier around here. Aircraft carrier, they send planes off and they receive planes. And so you're going to be heading off here in, oh, about a month or so, something like that. And uh, you you keep him in prayer. He's going to go help minister Trent down in in Havana, Florida. How many of you know where Havana is? It's near Tallahassee, and um, he'll go and help there. Matthew chapter six, verse nineteen. Just a few scriptures to read here. Matthew six nineteen through twenty four. And we're going to read Luke 16 to uh, Luke sixteen nine 9 through 13. Let's read the word of the Lord, Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19. Are you ready? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys. Or where thieves do not break in and steal, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye, and therefore the eye is good. The whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, last verse before we go to the book of Luke. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I want you to say that again. You cannot serve God and mammon. Turn now to the book of Luke as we're going to conclude a series called Obliterating Your Idols. I like the word obliterate. Luke 16. Luke 16, verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, it may receive you into everlasting home. Yet who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your trust, the true riches? Everybody say true riches. True riches. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. Read this last verse with me. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let's say that again. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let's pray. Father, in the moments that remain tonight, I pray that you would move in tremendous power, releasing all that's in your heart towards us, your people who've been purchased by your blood. Lord, we are the, the flock in your care. You are our shepherd. And Lord, I pray that you would give us living understanding right now that we would never be the same after what happens tonight and we give you praise in jesus name amen amen Amen. Amen. we've been on a a journey over the past weeks on wednesday night which i'm going to bring to a conclusion it's in no way all conclusive of all the idols you could possibly have but in other messages we've talked about how we can have idols One of the biggest idols is self. We talked about that. We talked about the idol of self. We talked about the idol of ingratitude. We talked about the idol of lust. Everybody say lust. Lust. We talked about sex. We talked about the purpose of sex. We talked about how most of our nation is bound by it. We've talked about uh, slothfulness, laziness, and how God actually has called us to work. And many people have an idol uh, of 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 idleness or an idol of idleness <laughs> so we've been talking about idols and smashing them obliterating them defeating them and here in the text there's there's much in both books Matthew and Luke that we read but it's just talk especially about mammon you cannot serve God and mammon. It seems, it seems that Jesus personifies mammon. Right. And in the personification, I don't know if you know what personification is. It's giving human attributes or life to what appears maybe to be an inanimate object. But the, the thing is, is that mammon is most likely a demon spirit. Wow. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, by his personification of it, But the word mammon in Aramaic, and we're right there in your notes. You go ahead and fill those out as we move along. The Bible is written in three languages. Most people say two, but actually, it has three different languages in it. Hebrew, the 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 Torah, the Old Testament, is written in Hebrew. A small section of the Book of Daniel is written in Aramaic. Then there's Greek in the New Testament, and the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures is called the what? Septuagint. All of you guys that did that either got it from school or you got it from our, our membership class, which is this Friday. So you, but you got to sign up. You got to be a part of that. You get a free meal and a three and a half hour class <laughs> to tell you about all of church history, 2,000 plus years of church history and the vision of our church and where we're going, where we've come from. I will be your host uh, along with some of my other staff, but you need to sign up. It's at the information desk. You sign up. So Septuagint is a big, big word. It's the, it's the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures. Three languages in the Bible. Hebrew. In the book of Daniel, small section of Aramaic and Greek. But also in the New Testament, there is some Aramaic. This word, mammon, is an Aramaic word. And it's interesting that it's just translated there. In Aramaic, there's no translation. I guess in the Greek, it's just they use the Aramaic. Jesus said, Eli, Eli, Sabbathani, which is also Aramaic. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so Jesus uses this word, mammon. And I think it's on purpose. How many of you know the word of God is inspired? And so Jesus uses the word and says, no, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And it's as if mammon is another God, if you could say it that way, or another master. Throughout church history, there were those who saw mammon as a spirit. Gregory of Nicaea saw it as a spirit. St. Augustine. How many of you heard of St. Augustine? St. Augustine, he, he's the one that said the greatest sermon preached is the one that's lived. Amen. Great, I got one amen. Where was that? God bless you. That's what he said. The greatest sermon preached is the one that's lived. It needs to be lived and it needs to be preached. But St. Augustine saw it as a spirit. Nicholas of Lyons saw it as a spirit. Milton in Paradise Lost saw really this mammon as a... As a demon Among pagan religions, there were gods associated with wealth, like Pluto's in the Greek. if you would worship Pluto's, then you would how many of you ever saw Disney's Pluto? The dogs are named after the god, the Greek god, Plutos,' is the god of wealth. So the idea is that if you worship the, the, this god, Pluto's, then you get you get money. You get wealth. And the Apostle Paul said, and I want you to put this on the screen, please. Put up 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 19 to 22, if you would. Bring your attention to the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 19. What am I saying then? What is an idol? Pardon me. What am I saying then? That an idol is Anything. Or what is offered to idols is anything. Next verse. Rather, that things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Stop. How many of you don't raise your hand? Just (laughs) do not raise your hand at the next question. If you feel like raising your hand, you want to talk to us after service. (laughs) Do you actually want to have fellowship with demons? Ask yourself that question. Would you like to have some meaningful fellowship with a demon spirit? I don't think anybody in their right mind would say yes. Verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Verse 22. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Oh, my. I love what the message version says, and we don't have that on the screen, but I'll, I'll read it to you. It says, I don't want you to become part, become part of something that reduces you to less than yourself. And you can't have it both ways, banqueting with the master one day and slumming with demons the next. Oh, but isn't that many people, even in Christendom, who because they've not smashed their idols, because they've are deceived. And I don't I've been deceived. You know the problem with deception is you don't realize it. That hence the word deception, you know. When you're deceived, you don't know that you are. Lord, if there's any deception in this, reveal it right now, today, tonight. Can't have it both ways, banqueting the master one day, slumming with demons the next. Besides, the master won't put up with it. He wants us all or nothing, the, the, the message version says. Don't think you can get off with anything less. Wow. You see, to the Apostle Paul, to worship idols was to worship demons. And we've been talking about obliterating your idols and we've been moving through this series and it seems that when Jesus speaks of this mammon he's talking about a demon spirit you cannot serve both god and mammon how does mammon affect us how does mammon affect us well, it doesn't affect me pastor i'm not affected by no demons oh really are you sure you sure you're, you're, you're sure you're not affected? Historically, um, the the Civil War. Many people believe that uh, the Civil War was fought over uh, slavery, but really, what it was fought over was money. These are two fifty dollar bills right here. I'm just going to let them rest right there. It's really fought over money because slaveholders in the south their money was tied up in in humans which is wrong and abraham lincoln said that he believed the civil war was god's judgment on america for slavery but much of that was not because of color but because of money because of of mammon even Gambling is one of the ways that a spirit of mammon operates. Gambling is one of the most wicked things. It'll destroy your life. Amen. Spurgeon says that. Spurgeon says that gambling hardens the heart more than any other sin. Wow. Spurgeon, a great preacher of a bygone era, says that gambling hardens your heart more than any other sin. Lady Luck will rob you up one side and down the other. Families are broken up over money. I've pastored for a number of years now, and, and, you know, people die. How many of you know you're sitting next to somebody that's going to die? All right. Newsflash, every one of us are going to die. And what is a horrible thing is when you see a family member die, and the family goes nuts over the inheritance, they lose their minds over the money. They lose their minds over the house, the cars, all the stuff. And there's family feuds, and it breaks up family even for the rest of their lives. Well, I've seen it before, and some of you have seen it too. You know what that is? It's mammon. It's the spirit of mammon. Just come, Listen, if you get in that situation in your family, you need to stand for righteousness. But look, it's better just to let stuff go. Mammon attempts to cause us to define ourselves by how much we owe, by how much we own. It's a sad thing. And we have a tendency in, to define people that way too, at least in the world does. We shouldn't. Mammon will get you to all worried about what you have and what you don't have, that you'll never have enough. Sales. What's going on Sale. How many of you like a sale? (laughs) Well, everybody likes a sale. But the thing about sales, you know, that it's on sale, is it's like it's like a demon spirit that almost makes you run down there, oh, I've gotta get it! And you run down there, I've gotta buy it, it's on sale, then you buy it and it's in your garage sale a year later. (laughs) I think that's mammon. Mammon wants to clamp its tentacles around you and squeeze the life out of you. Mammon wants you to cause you to bow the knee and worship and serve it. And get so enamored with wealth. And it's just wrong. And it's not a kingdom quality. Obliterating the idol of mammon. The first thing is how to obliterate this thing. How to get rid of it. The first thing is have good spiritual eyesight. What do you mean by that? We're referring to Luke now. Oh, pardon me, Matthew here 22. Matthew 16, Matthew 6, 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. You've got to have good spiritual eyesight. Well, what does that mean? You have to have a clear understanding. You have to have clear eyesight about God. Put it, in, put it in your notes. God. God will provide for you. God will come through for you. God will always, be owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns the hills too. And you're his child, and he's not a child abuser. Listen, God is not a child abuser. He'll provide for you. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't spin or toil. They don't worry. And Solomon, in all his glory, wasn't arrayed like one of these. Come on, God will provide for you. Come on, say it. Say, God will provide for me. So you have to have a clear understanding about that. You have to convince yourself of it. How do you do that? Like you do any other lie that tries to get into your mind. Come on, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. The weapons of our warfare, they're, they're not carnal, but they're mighty to God of the pulling down of strongholds. We take captive every thought, it goes on to say, and we bring it into captivity. You, you do not let, listen. listen, listen really clearly to what I'm about to say. Read my white lips right now. Don't be distracted by the sheen coming off the top of my skull. You cannot afford to have a thought in your head that God doesn't have towards you or about your life. Did you catch that? Let me say it again. You cannot afford to think thoughts that God doesn't think towards you or about your life and your circumstances. So you begin to think of yourself as a loser. You begin to think of yourself as hopeless. You begin, those aren't God thoughts. Those are not, that's not true. Those aren't truth. You begin to think about how it'd be better off if you weren't here. That's not true. Nobody loves you. Not true. You can't amount to anything. Not true. Marriage isn't going to make it. That's not true. You can make it. You can turn it around. You can get free. You can get healed. Come on, somebody say amen. You can get delivered. God can provide for you. God can do miracles for you, for your marriage, for your kids. God can come through. He wants to. He's done it before. He can do it again. He's God. He's God all by himself. Doesn't even need your help. Doesn't need you to pray for him. He's not lying on a gurney up in heaven wishing and hoping that his church prays so he can get up and be God again. He's God all by himself himself. You could backslide today. He's still God, and he's still going to do what he said he would do in his unconditional prophecies. You got to have clear eyesight about God. You have to have clear eyesight about the, about the, About yourself. And furthermore, you get clear eyesight. I started saying it. I didn't finish. You get clear eyesight by getting this in your heart. You want to become a spiritual athlete. You need to memorize. You need to know the word. Hide his word in your heart that you might not sin against him. You need to get it so deep down in there that it forces all the other thoughts that are not true to be pushed out. As a believer, we believe in absolute truth. There's absolute truth It's right here. And so if in your thought life it doesn't line up with what the Word says, which, of course, it's going to be pretty difficult to know if you don't know the Word. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. As it stands recorded in heaven right now because of what Jesus did on a cross, the prison that you might find yourself in has been unlocked and the doors are open. But if you don't know that, then you're still sitting behind these doors that are actually unlocked. But you might think that they're locked. Are you tracking with me? Are you following me? You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free, but you're only free to the amount of truth that you know. But as it's recorded in heaven, you're absolutely free. But if you don't know that and don't walk in it, don't take it, take it for your own, make it personal and, and, and bring it down into to the, the playing field of your life, then you'll never walk in freedom. You'll never be delivered. Oh, oh God, don't you love me? You'll say stupid things like that. Am I the only one that has said stuff like that? I am. I'm the only one. It's amazing. Remember that liars go to hell. Just remember that. All right. Very good. <laughs> Got to have good spiritual life. Obliterating. Really, it's obliterating any anyway. idol. You have to have a clear understanding of who God is, and you have to have a clear understanding of who who you are. You have to know who you are. Some people say, "Well I, I 'll be happy if the Lord just gives me lots of money." That's not true. Yeah, right. That's flat out, not true. And there's some people say, "I don't have any problems. I just have to just pay off all my bills and I have enough money to live the rest of my life. I won 't have any problems. It's totally not true. Really, what you 've done is you've made God you've made money of God. You, you're, you're worshiping Bamon. Hello) And the only thing that matters, how I many of you have a house? You have a house. Would you got clothes on your back? All right. How many of you haven't got a car? Maybe you got a car to get around? Those 250s are still sitting there. Two crisps. 50s. Maybe you got a boat. Maybe you got a, maybe you got a, maybe you got a truck. Maybe you got two cars. Maybe, maybe you just have a bike. I remember the days when I first came to the Lord, I had a bike. And I thank God for my little three-speed English racer. Praise God. I think I've been humbled. 24 years old, riding a bike because I didn't have a car. and have nothing. Living at mom's house. Yeah! You know, all your stuff, it's all going to burn. It's all going to... It's all going up in smoke. You know what lasts forever? Things of eternity last forever. Amen. People people, people will last forever. Their, their spirits last forever. Their body's gonna fade away. But you get a new one. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Mine's ripped. I don't know about yours. I'm not glorified body's just like Ugh, uh-huh, uh, it's totally shredded. <laughs> I think that's so funny because we you know we think that's you know great. We think that's great. I think maybe when we get to heaven everybody's like huge. <laughs> hey. What's up? We just float around, you don't feel any of the weight and the pressure, you get to eat whatever you want, and you're like 700 pounds, hey, you, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no cholesterol, no heart problems, give me another Twinkie, praise God, hey. <laughs> Jesus. You have to have... Listen, if you're going to obliterate any idol in your life, you have to have a clear perspective about who God is. You get that from the Word. You have to have a clear perspective. You have to have clear eyesight about you. You get that from the Word of God. Can you say amen? amen. You've got to be a good steward to destroy, to obliterate this idol of mammon. You have to be a good steward of what God's given you. you know, this is verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves, this is Matthew 6, verse 19, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, nor where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It's talking about being a steward. If you go to Luke chapter 16, which we read from, you go ahead and put this on the screen, please. Luke chapter 16, verse 11. It says, therefore... If you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Can you put the NIV up for me, please? The true riches. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Stop. True riches. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. So worldly wealth and true riches. So what actually is that? Worldly wealth, the New King James, the King James calls it mammon, worldly wealth. And then there's this thing called true riches. Well, what could that be? Do you know that there's a wealth, there's riches that come from heaven. But if you're not faithful with what God's given you, then you're never going to be entrusted with that. You see, God loves everybody the same, but not everybody walks in the same revelation. God loves you just as much as he loves me, but you, you know, he loves the person next to you just as much as the person on the other side of the church or the person that are online tonight. tonight. He loves us all the same, but not everybody walks in the same level of intimacy. Hello. Not everybody walks in the same level of, of power and anointing. Why is that? Because... The secret of the Lord, says the Proverbs, he could, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. See, there's a fear of the Lord that releases understanding, even the beginning of wisdom. There's, there's an intimacy that comes from God through obeying him, through yielding to him, through serving him with every part of your being. And some people don't want to do the steps it takes to require... Listen, if you're married and your wife cheats on you, how, how would you stay married? If you're married and your husband cheats on you, would you stay married? Uh -uh. not unless you're really brain damaged and broken and there are broken people that stay in broken relationships but it's interesting you get one of those people healed and they no longer going to stay in that would you would you continue to do something that destroyed your life not you wouldn't do it unless there's something broken on the inside and i certainly have been there and i know many of you have been too if you can't be trustworthy, if God can't trust you with with that, those two fifties right there. <laughs> if he can't trust you with wealth, then you don't get the real thing. It's the real thing. How many of you want the real thing? You know, money talks. It's talking. You say it's not talking to me. It's because you can't see it. Here, let's make it talk. Ready? Security, if they touch it, just (laughs) tackle them. 50 buttons. It's only 50, but it is 50. It's talking to you. <laughs> She's like, it's talking to me. That's mine, she says. <laughs> Money talks. <laughs> years ago, a number of years ago, we were, we were helping to um, lead the work in Kula. We were living across the street at a house there, and we got in some big trouble. You play? Uh, we got in big trouble financially, and it wasn't so much because of poor stewardship. It was just not enough butter to go over the amount of toast we have. And that's all I'll say about that. We'd certainly been poor stewards in the early part of earlier. earlier. We're still young earlier part of our lives as we went into ministry we had a pretty heavy debt load and I got to the place where we were going to be evicted and our lights were going to be turned off and um, we had to we had to get to I had to get to California had a court case back there custody case was married before I got saved some of you know my testimony and um, what else was it? Electric phone. The phone was being turned off. I think we needed, as I remember, it was $2,100. Not a lot of money, but we needed 2100 and we needed it right away. Now, we've been tithers. I wasn't always a tither, but when I got a hold of it, you couldn't stop me from doing it. So we were tithers at that time. We were tithers. Loving God. Didn't have sin in our life that we knew of. And, and we were examining our... I mean, how many of you know when you go through things, you're like, Lord, is there anything that's making me messed up? That's a good prayer to pray. And then you repent for not putting your seatbelt on. Amen. Any men know what I'm talking about? Oh, I saw a witness over here. I saw that. Amen. You, you repent for breaking the speed limit. You, you know, you repent for overeating. You, you know, you're repenting for stuff. You're like, geez, forgive me. So you're just getting totally cleansed, examining your life in the Holy Ghost. So we did that. We we gave away stuff. Sometimes you gotta throw off ballast. You're gonna go higher. Give, be a giver, learn to be a giver. So we gave, we, we, we took the our clothes. We had clothes that we could, people needed clothes and we just had a bunch. So we just gave clothes and we gave a car. I don't know if we gave the car at that time. My chronology in my head gets kind of mixed up, but. I mean, we just threw... You want to, want to go higher, you got to throw off ballast. That's just a good way to look at it. to go higher in the balloon to throw... So we did all that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No breakthrough. We get to the place where we're going to be evicted. So it's like three months worth of rent. The lady was very gracious to us, a, a, a Buddhist lady. Judy Tad- Tadagumi. She's passed away since. And um, I heard a message from Dr. Yonggi Cho taught me about tasking prayer. Tasking prayer, as he called it, was prayer that's repetitive, standing on the word of God, praying towards something that you know is his will. So how many of you know that healing is the will of God? Alright, it's how many, how many of you know healing is the will? Of, it's go, it, is it always God's will? It is always God's will. How do you know that? Because there's no sickness in heaven, period. That's how you know it. I don't know why it doesn't come down here all the time, but we see lots of healing and we contend for it. And we know it's a win-win that if you have a sickness, it takes you and you die. As long as you're saved, you'll get healed in heaven. Amen. So we just, we just go for it. We believe for it. So we knew that it was God's will to provide for us, but we didn't see the provision coming through. We knew there were tithers. We knew there were givers. We knew we were doing everything that we could do. We were living right, serving God on fire, you know. And it was a painful time. So I heard this message on a Wednesday night tasking prayer. The illustration he gave was how he had a bleeding colon and he would stand in the pulpit, the pastor of over a million people, the largest churches in the world. And he would preach while blood would run down his leg and fill his shoe. And he thought it was like a thorn in the flesh, as I recall that message because he had the largest church in the world and it was a way that God was using to keep him humble he gets back to his hotel room after having his loafer filled with blood from preaching and a bleeding colon and the Lord spoke to him and said why did Paul have a thorn in the flesh and he said because he went to the third heaven he says have you been to the third heaven he says no because he had not he said the problem that you have is not from me it's from the devil. You need to pray and get rid of it. He got on his knees, he laid hands on himself, and he prayed, heal my colon, heal my, heal my colon, heal my colon, colon be healed in Jesus' name, colon. He didn't stop. He determined he's not getting off his knees until he gets healed. Now, I venture to say that many people have never pressed in like that. When you get desperate, don't you turn and go back to your crutch. Don't you turn and go back to your idol. You get on your face and lock yourself in a room, get a big jug of water, stay there till Jesus comes. Try that. You haven't tried that? And with so many people want to whine and complain, but they never really want to do their job of really pressing in and touching the hem of his garment. Like a woman with an issue, I'm preaching better than your amen. And like a woman with the issue of blood, she pressed in and she's like, I just, if I could just touch it, she was subject to get killed for being amidst a crowd with the uncleanness she risked her very life yet she thought if I could touch the hem of his garment I'm going to be healed some of you have never positioned yourself in a place where you're going to touch the hem of his garment or die so I got I had faith I got faith that night and I went to across to the Kula church I lived across the street I purposed to get on my face and stay there until Jesus came I was so exhausted from morning prayer. Come on all the EMPers, say amen. So tired from morning prayer. I think I started praying about 10, 10.30 at night. It was after a midweek service like this one. And I'm praying this. Here's what I'm praying. God, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Give me money. I need money. Release money. God, I need some cash. I need some cash. Greenbacks. Give me money, God. God, you said it, Lord. Release money. Open windows. Release money. Release money. I did that. And I didn't, like, drift off to, you know, save my dog or something. I stayed on the fact. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Lord, you said, now release money. I need it. Give me a miracle. I can't be evicted. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. I was an intern in ministry, basically. It's an embarrassment. Oh, what happened to your intern? He got evicted. Praise the Lord. I don't think so. That ain't working. Lord, God. God. Give me money. And I stood and I knew that that's the word of God. You can pray that way if you're a tither. If you're not, you can't. Because your conscience won't let you. Come on, smile at me. (laughs) I prayed and prayed and prayed. Well, I fell asleep. Uh, Except my spirit didn't. That's the only way I know how to describe it. My body kind of went out. When I came to, it was like a little after three in the morning and I was still praying except my prayer changed from Lord release money to release the true riches of heaven and I knew the spirit of God was praying through me when I was praying that and I was rocking back and forth in my chair when I came conscious of what was happening and I was saying release the true riches of heaven God release the true riches of heaven Lord Lord release the true riches of heaven the atmosphere of of that small church shifted and changed I've told this testimony before I heard the sound of angels. There was like, I don't know how to describe it. It was, just messes me up talking about it. A brightness kind of in the room. I found myself at the front on my knees and in a moment I was at the back. And then I was on the other side of the church and it kind of with this holy pandemonium. It was like heaven, it was the glory of God. The glory of God came into that small church. I don't really know how long it lasted, All I know is when I came to, after that experience, I was in the middle of the road between that small church and my little parsonage house. And I realized I'd stopped praying and I've left the church. And I stood in the middle of the street and I realized, "Ah, it's done. It's over. I got my miracle. I knew I had my miracle. Karen had cried herself to sleep that night. I went back into the house. And she took one look at me and she said, oh, thank God. That's what she said. She said, honey, I said, it's over. I said, I got the miracle. She said, oh, thank God. I thought she'd say, where's the check? (laughs) Show me the money. She said, oh, thank God, and passed down. I've said before, she doesn't snore like that. It's more like a... (laughs) like a beautiful bird <laughs> do you know what happened i i believe that god did release the true riches of heaven in and, and, and a portion I also got all that money in the next three days, every dollar I I needed without manipulation, without hunting people down, asking people. I didn't take a loan. Every dollar of that came in. Now, it was only 2,100. It's not 21,000, all right? Or it's not 210,000 or 2 million. But the principle's the same. Hello, there is a thing called true riches. Look at C, don't fear, put your trust in God. Don't fear, don't worry. Don't live in bondage to mammon. Don't live in bondage to fear. Be a giver. Everybody say, be a giver. Be a giver. Learn to be a giver. Learn to do it. Say I don't have any money. You got something, so give whatever you got. I've dropped watches in. We've been taught this. We didn't have anything else to give, so we gave clothes. I'm not saying anything great about us. We were desperate. but It's like, give, give. Just You can't out give God. Okay, let's try. Learn to be a giver. Don't be so tight-fisted. That's a great place to say amen. Don't be ruled by this. Don't be ruled by that. Better be there. There it is. Praise God. <laughs> don't be ruled by 50 don't be ruled by the dollar <laughs> tithe let me, let me just tell you if you don't tithe you don't really trust God unless you haven't been taught and then you don't know and if you don't know then then that's okay that's ignorance but then when, once you find out unless you want to be Thanks. You know how you get saved? You receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. How do you know Jesus is Savior? You repent of your sin. You believe that He died on your cross. You rose again from the grave. Come on, somebody say amen. That's how you get saved. How do you know him as healer? Really, it's the same way. You realize that he's the healer, and by faith, you come just like you came by faith when you got saved. You come that way and receive healing. It's the same thing. How do you know him as deliverer? Well, you understand that bondages and curses and defilement are not of God and that God wants to set you free so then you respond and you believe and you stand on the finished work that he was became a curse for us Galatians chapter 3 and you declare and proclaim and receive every curse broken in Jesus name every defilement cleansed in Jesus name bondages go in Jesus name can you say amen? amen how do you know him as provider let me just tell you, there's only one way to know God as provider, and that's actually be a tither and a giver. And if you're not a tither and a giver, whatever you're on actually is God's mercy and grace. But you'll only really know God as provider when you covenant with Him in the relationship of finances. Don't let don't let mammon be your God. Don't hold on to stuff. Gosh, we should take an offering right now. <laughs> talking about how to obliterate. I'm almost done. Just a couple moments. How to obliterate the idol of mammon. Be a giver. Come on, say it. Be a giver. And there's giving. That's giving to, that's blessing someone that needs help, but you don't let anybody know about that. You'd be quiet about that. Amen. Pray and fast. Look at two. Pray and fast. Listen, our morning prayer has declined a little bit. We got to get back to praying. Come on, come, come to prayer if you're able to come. Seven, it's a joke. Seven to eight, Tuesday through Saturday, come. It's a little bit of decline. I know it's summer, but if you're able to come, you get there. Seven o'clock, seven to eight. We've got to stay strong in prayer. Amen. All right, so we got to pray. Got to fast. Fasting and prayer is a lifestyle. Learn, learn to pray. Learn to fast. Three, God's your security. Come on, someone say, God's my security. Yeah, declare it. Proclaim it. Psalm ninety-one is one of the most publicized psalms that there is. It's on coffee mugs, on refrigerator magnets, it's on T-shirts, it's everywhere. But most people don't really know how that the protection, the security of God comes over them. They want to pray. Listen, you pray Psalm ninety-one. Go ahead, turn turn Psalm ninety-one. Quick, hurry up! I'm almost done. Almost done. Almost. We're landing. Psalm ninety-one. No, let's go to Psalm 119, read the whole thing. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I had one guy say, you know, if you ever backslide, here's what you want to do. You want to memorize all of Psalm 119 and then just get rebaptized in water and quote the entire Psalm 119 while under the water, and you'll never have to worry about it again. Psalm 91, listen to this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll save the Lord, He is my refuge. My what? My refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, or from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the hour that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction of the Waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you see and look and see the reward of the wicked. Because, why? Why will he do all of that? Why Why will he do all of that? Watch this. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall before you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over to you, keep you in all your ways. In their hands they will bury you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because, everybody say because, because he has set his love upon me. This is the Lord, the Lord saying this. I'm going to do all that. I'm going to do all that because you set your love on me. Therefore, I will deliver you. I will deliver him. And I will set him high because he has known my name. Let's just finish it. We're right there. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. God will honor you. Listen, you honor God, God will honor you. You trust God, God will do stuff for you. Goodness and mercy will follow you. You try to be tight fisted and try to figure it out your own way, then you just won't make it. And He'll let you go around the mountain, and you could take another lap, and you could take another lap, and you could go around that mountain as much as you want. Bless God, your shoes might not wear out, but you're not going to have the kind of provision and breakthrough that you see others who are really walking in obedience, walking in favor, walking in the goodness of God and the land of the living. You won't see that. if you hold on to your idols You won't see that if you hold on to an idol of mammon Don't let money rule your decisions Don't let fear and greed move you Those things move the marketplace They should not move the believer It's faith and generosity that move believers That's what should move us Nothing else but that And when you get, begin to bow down to that, that, that spirit of mammon And that, that covetousness Well, look at your notes Repent of covetousness Repent of it And ask God for contentment Ask God for contentment. Oh, we're taking an offering. Let's do it. Ushers, help us out. Let's do it. Let's just put a nail right in the coffin right now. Let's give. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. What are you going to give to? We're going to give to our building. That's what we're going to do. We need resources. We're going to do that. Ushers, you help us out. Listen now. What do you do right now? You pray. Say God, what do you want me to do? Lord, what, how do you want me to? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to get? You pray. If you get two numbers now, if you get two numbers and you're praying, you get two numbers. The low one is the devil. <laughs> hey, amen. Give me an amen. Amen. All right. You can give through the um, through the app, should you so choose to. Come on, this is a obliterate the obliterate mammon offering. Learn to tithe, learn to give. Do it first. Give them your first fruits. Man, we do this with fish. We do this with we do this with, with everything that God entrusts to us. Whatever he gives you, increase. He gives you increase, tithe on it. First fruits. Lastly, focus your life on God's kingdom. I want somebody to say focus. Somebody gotta help Pastor Vince out. That big hand is up there. Unless you're worshiping. You're worshiping? He needs an envelope. Both, he's worshiping. It's both an act, both an act of worship. It's true. I'm not gonna buy down. I'm not gonna bow down. Is my mic on? This one on? Yo, the sound guy. Check, check. <laughs> there we go. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Me too. Appreciate you. Ooh, I'm not gonna bow down to the dollar. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm gonna be a giver. Yes, I'm gonna be a tither. I'm not gonna bow the knee to mammon. I'm not gonna let move, let fear and greed move me. I'm gonna trust in you, Lord. Gonna trust in you, Jesus. I trust in Lord, my God. I trust in the Lord my God. I trust in the Lord my God. He's my source. Mm. I trust in the Lord my God. I trust in the Lord my God. Oh, I trust in the Lord my God. He's my source. My supply, I trust. I trust in the Lord, my God. Heart, I trust in the Lord, my God. I trust in the Lord, my God. He is my source, my supply, my ever present help. And time I trust in the Lord. Come on, stand up with us. I trust in. I trust. I trust in. The Lord, my God, He is my source, my supply, my ever-present help and time. And I trust in the Lord, my God. Oh, I trust in the Lord, my God. I trust in the Lord, my God. He is my source, my supply, my ever-present help and time. And I trust in the Lord, my God. Oh, I trust in. Lord, my God, I trust in the Lord, my God, my source, my supply, ever-present help. Hey ho, mammon, you got to go. Mm, hey ho, mammon, you got to go. Uh-huh. Hey ho, mammon, you got to go. Hey ho, mammon, you got to go. Sing it. Hey ho, mammon. And you, you got, got to, to go. go hey oh, oh man you, you got usher's to go. just coming and bring the buckets up front oh, here just put them right down to the front come on we're gonna we're gonna stomp on unbelief and stomp on greed and stomp on covetousness all the way up here come on put Poverty and lack, you do not live here. You have no part of this ministry. Poverty and lack, you have no part of any family here. We do, we rebuke you. We command you to go. Poverty and lack go as we give right now. In Jesus' name, bless the gift and the giver, multiply many times over. Come on, somebody's gonna get a breakthrough. I trust. I trust. Come on. Come on, give. Lord my God. Oh, I trust in. my ever-present helping time. I trust in the Lord my God. Oh, I trust in the Lord my God. Oh, I trust in the Lord my God. He is my source, my supply, my ever-present helping time. I trust. Come on, Brother Toby. The Lord my God. Come on, Brother Toby. trust in the Lord my God. I trust Source. He's my source. My source. Lord God you give me everything Ooh. some things i don't deserve but i trust in you cuz you you are my soul oh, again yeah, yeah. Lord God you gave me everything but some Deserve, but I trust in You. You are my source, source. Say, I trust in I trust in Him. And you are my source. Oh, Lord, I trust in Him, cause You are my source. Oh, I trust in him cause You, my oh, I trust in him cause You are my source. You are my source, my supply. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. I trust in Him. let have a drummer. do on, on. on, put your hands oh, like this. Let me get it. You are my source, my supply, my ever-present help. You are my source, my supply, my ever-present help. You are my source, my supply. Can't hear you. Come on lift your voice. You are my source, my supply, my ever-present help. You are my source, my supply, my ever-present help. You are my source my supply my ever-present help you are my source my supply my ever-present help i trust in you say it i trust i trust in you come on from your heart say it to him. i trust in you you alone say it again i trust in you put your hands together for jesus my staff come on up here Pastor Vince come let's lay hands on these just like we do come on Pastor Kirsten Pastor Karen reach your hands towards this offering all our world come on staff come 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 reach your hands out Heavenly Father we believe that you are supplying (laughs) seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter shall not fail shall not cease as long as the earth endures it's a principle so we sow right now we give right now and pray that you would open up marvelous windows of provision and breakthrough come on you need breakthrough right now believe right now that this seed just pushed you right over the top god push it right over the top provide lord for your people poverty and lack you don't live here fear and greed you don't move us we're moved by faith and generosity we are worshipers of god lord you are an ever-present help and a source of supply cattle on a thousand hills bless your people multiply this many times over give us everything we need for the building of our new building and all that you're doing we give you praise in jesus name amen and amen come on put your hands together for jesus and you can do better. Come on. Woo! Every head bowed. Every eye closed. If you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to get right with him. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, just slip your hand up. Want to recommit your life? Recommit your life? Slip your hand up? All right. God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand in the back. Praise God. Amen. Come on, let's pray right out loud, just right where you are. Pray right out loud. And say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we'll close. Holy Spirit, I pray, your touch it fill. Break every chain, every bondage. Release your power, God, upon us. Stir up even the gift of the evangelist, Lord, this week within us. This week, go out into the mission field of Wasilla and the surrounding towns in this valley, even into Anchorage. Lord, that you would use us to be your hand extended. Miracles, signs, wonders would follow everywhere we go. The Sunday, you just pack this place out, jam this place out, God. People hungry, thirsty. Let your kingdom come, God. Your will be done in our lives bless your people. Come on, take someone by the hand. Pastor Carol, take someone by the hand. Let's close. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards us, O God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We hope to see you Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. Don't miss it.